0: Hi everybody, this is Lee. I'm here with Jerry and Bob. We are One New Man Ministries. We are an Ephesians 2 ministry, a ministry of Messianic Jews and Messianic Gentiles. That's Christians, believers, in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. For He is our peace. In His flesh He has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us, that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death out hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father and we have a treat today to study Deuteronomy and just some really great meat of the Torah so take us away Jerry
1: we are in a portion that begins at chapter 7 verse 12 and extends all the way from chapter or, or 2 uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 25 if we step back from our immediate portion what I think we see is that this passage actually begins all the way back at the Shema in chapter 6 verse 6 because I know that when we talked about it we said that on, inside your mezuzah on that little parchment you'll find two portions of Scripture one Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9 let me read that hero Israel Then if we go to chapter 11, and we think that uh, we are basically continuing the Shema prayer at chapter 11, starting in verse 13. So that was the last thing to bind them on the, as a sign between your eyes and as, uh, put them on the doorposts of your house. Then continuing that same prayer, chapter 11, verse 13 says... And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. Take care, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens, so that there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul." So there is that refrain from the earlier portion lay that up in your heart and your soul and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes you shall teach them to your children talking of them when you are sitting in your house when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise all things that we have seen in chapter six you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth so if we think of those two sections beginning in chapter 6 and ending here uh, in chapter 11 everything in between sort of is reflected inside of that prayer isn't it uh, we have the God's promise of blessing we have God's promise uh, or God's warning not to not to forget them uh, what will happen if if uh, they serve other gods and worship them if they depart uh, a reminder that this is because of the fathers and so as we think about our specific portion today i guess i want that to kind of be the backdrop in our thinking that in some way or other everything that we're going to touch on is kind of brought out in this one prayer that seems to be serving as kind of a bookend ideas to everything in between Uh, yes makes sense to everybody so <clears throat> beginning at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 12 which is the first verse of our portion it says and because you listen to these rules which clearly we need to take a moment to connect to what has come up previously because this is an outcome this is a result of what he's said before, and Bob, I know that there's a portion in there that you really love to to quote. Uh, just above that, you 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 wanted to point out uh, why it is that God is doing this for for the people. I think it begins in chapter seven, verse six.
2: But you're for you are the holy people. Yes, yeah, you, for you are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord, your God, has chosen you to be his own possession of all the peoples on the face of the earth.
1: Keep going. The yep. Lord
2: was devoted to you and chose you, not because you were more numerous than all the peoples, but for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord God loved you and kept the oath that he swore to your fathers. He brought you out from with a strong land, strong hand, and redeemed you for the place from the place of slavery from the power of pharaoh the king of egypt know that god yahweh your your god is a faithful god who keeps his gracious covenant of loyalty for a thousand generations to those who love him and keep his commands
1: mm-hmm. yeah so that idea of uh, i i didn't choose you because you're numerous is uh, switched later on to a couple of places to I didn't choose you because you were more righteous but the reason for his choice of that people goes back to the promise that he made to Abraham Isaac and Jacob I swore an oath that I would bless them I would bless their offspring and you are the recipients of that grace right yes yeah so because of, of those Realities, now he says to them, because you listen to these rules. Oh, so, so then, it, it, I'm sorry, it finishes up in that section. You shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you to date. Now, he says, because you listen to those rules and keep and do them, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your wine and your oil, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock in the land that he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. So.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, in this same Parsha, the Torah portion in Deuteronomy 10, 20 through 22 it's it summarizes that it says thou shalt fear the lord thy god him shalt thou serve and to him shalt thou cleave and by his name shalt thou swear he is thy glory and he is thy god that hath done for thee these great and tremendous things which thine eyes have seen thy fathers went down into egypt that's jacob mm-hmm. with three score and ten persons And now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. Back to what he promised Abraham.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. So they have become numerous, but that's not why he chose them because they were chosen before because of the fathers. Exactly. And that is the promise to Abraham to multiply them like the stars. Brings him out and says, look up to the skies and your, your, your offspring will be greater than the number of the stars in the sky. Right? That's beautiful. <clears throat> so the uh, the the flow of ideas then in chapter 7 becomes this. There's the blessing of, of obedience, w- which we just read. If you will follow these statutes and rules that I've given you, I will bless you in the land. I will do all these things that we just read. And we should understand that the blessings of obedience uh, That the rules and the judgments the the the, the, the God has given to them at Sinai are Not what they do to establish a relationship, but it's what God Sets before them to do because they are in relationship with a holy God So relationship comes before obedience always grace before walking with the Lord Okay, does that make sense? Yes, I'm saying that Because I want to make it clear, Israel was not given the law in order to prove themselves righteous or in order to merit God's favor. Israel was given the law in order to be able to live in relationship with a holy God. I, the Lord your God, am holy. You have to be holy as well. How do I be holy? these are the rules that describe what a holy life looks like and again if we go back to those 10 commandments the 10 words they are about having a relationship with god and then they are about relating to god's image bearers whether those are image bearers uh who are part of israel or image bearers who are outside of israel there are uh commandments for all of those relationships but relationship always precedes Obedience. We do not obey in order to gain God's favor. It is the other way around. Because we have God's favor, we desire to obey. Amen.
0: And, and, and 21 is clear about that. He, he says, thou shall not be affrighted at them. That's the, the peoples who uh, God's going to bring them into the land <laughs> and conquer. For the Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, a God great and awful.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, and the Lord thy God will cast out those nations before thee by little and little. So, I mean, he's going before them.
1: Yes. Yes. So that's an interesting verse that you just read, though, for us. He will cast them out little by little. And then he says, lest the wild beasts uh, make an end of, uh, lest the wild beasts grow too numerous for you. How would you take and apply that to our hmm. walk today as as uh, followers of Messiah? Um, do you think that there's a, 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 a f- expectation that we have that every one of our problems is going to be fixed the minute we put our faith in Yeshua? thoughts little by little I mean I I can tell you my my story in brief there was one big thing as a new believer that God cast out Uh, I I I was a, a terrible potty mouth and one day I woke up and realized I wasn't swearing anymore but there's plenty of other stuff that needed fixing that God did not cast out all at once and that it has been 50-some uh, years of walking with the Lord. And little by little, <laughs> 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 uh, those, those things are, are good changing. Cool. You know, I think that there's sometimes a, a um, false expectation about how God operates. I mean, here are his chosen people getting ready to go into the land that he promised them. And he still says... I'm only going to be driving them out little by little. Now there's a caveat there. He says, lest the wild animals become too numerous for you. So I guess it, w- it would be a uh, question to ask ourselves. What, what, what are we in danger of in terms of if God were to cast everything out, um, we, might, we might become proud. Yeah. Right?
2: Well, that's a warning he gives, right? Mm -hmm. Even
0: in this Deuteronomy,
1: we read in a little bit. Get to that, sure. But I think that that's maybe the idea is uh, Paul says, uh, I I asked God three times to take it away. The thorn in the flesh from Satan, remember? And three times God gave him the same answer. My grace is sufficient for you. Therefore, I will glory in my weaknesses that the strength of God may be perfected in me. Right? Right?
0: And, and there's also uh, a depend, a cultivated dependence there that if <clears throat> you, if he had cast it all out immediately, there wouldn't have been this like you said, dependence of God goes before them, and God's going before them next and going before them next. and and I think in that way, The Holy, we are called upon to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit to go before us, to guide us. And hopefully, little by little, Mm -hmm. you know, we do uh, improve in our walk with the Holy Spirit. So maybe that's a similar metaphor. Yeah,
1: for sure. So we want to encourage you listeners, uh, don't be discouraged uh, when you are still sometimes looking at the same sin that you were looking at five years ago um god is at work and little by little he is transforming you if you are taking the steps each day to to uh, walk with him and to ask him to transform you he's he's not deaf to those prayers amen he 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 is doing a work he who began a good work and you will bring it to completion in the day of jesus christ paul wrote to the philippians and so uh just Keep, keep in the battle. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Uh, fear not. That's the word that uh, that comes through so many different times. Be strong and courageous. And we want to and, encourage you in that.
0: And, you know, I think that's such a good setup for the next uh, Deuteronomy 8, you know, 1 and 2. It says, or 1 through 3, it <coughs> says, And all the commandments which I command this day, shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these forty years in the wilderness that he might afflict thee to prove thee to know what was in thy heart whether thou wast keep his commandments or no and he afflicted thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers knew, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah, so skipping, well, let's just finish out chapter 7, because he tells them, don't fear the inhabitants, go in, drive them out, remember what I did to Pharaoh. But then he also tells them in verse 25, the carved images of their gods you shall burn with fire you shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them or take it for yourselves that's the practice that they had in those days to carve out an idol uh, out of wood and then to uh, cast either silver or gold over that wooden object so don't don't covet the silver or the gold either or take it for yourselves lest you be ensnared by it for it's an abomination and you shall not bring an abominable thing into your house and become devoted to destruction like it. So those were things that were supposed to be completely destroyed. If you grab it for yourself, you will become an abominable thing and subject to complete destruction as well. You shall utterly detest and abhor it, for it is devoted to destruction. So what he's saying to them at the end is no compromise. No compromise. And we've talked about this in Uh, and and i kind of link it in my mind right now the idea of being crucified with christ and denying yourself there can be no compromise with the world F- friendship with the world is enmity with god james writes and that's really what this is saying right here we we can't compromise with the things of the world that those things are detestable to god and they need to be detestable to us pretty challenging stuff Good.
2: It says in in, uh, chapter 8, verse 11, Be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his command, his ordinances, and his statutes I am giving you today. When you eat and are full and build beautiful houses to live in and your herds and flocks grow large, your silver and gold multiply, and everything (coughs) you have increases. This is is the part I want to get here. Be careful that your heart doesn't become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt the place of slavery so what we're just talking a moment ago he humbled them so that they would not become proud but I mean this and, and I just want to say prosperity is a test mm-hmm. it's a test for a lot of people mm-hmm. to pass it I mean you can look at um, you know in the worldly p- prosperity look at some of these athletes that that f- fall into ruin you know when they when mm-hmm. they when they uh, have the worldly prosperity given to them or they earn it of course but, but they, they, they can't right. handle it so anyway mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's trying to take care of them and he's trying to discipline them and prepare them for the prosperity
1: that he's going to bring to them. Amen. So actually chapter 8 in the way I look at it, it kind of breaks out neatly into two sections. Uh, verses 1 through 10 is the uh, idea of the discipline of hard times and Lee's already touched on that and I think we should look at that a little bit more in depth. And then you've already brought out verses 11 through 20 the discipline of good times that each of these situations are God's disciplining his people and by discipline we don't mean uh, punishment necessarily although discipline can include punishment but it has to do with um, <clears throat> bringing well the, the uh, main idea behind discipline is, is teaching uh, Disciple—the word in, New, in the New Testament is "is a matitou," a student. So, so uh, discipline is that set of uh, goals and objectives that you train for. Okay, and God is training His people. He's training them in holiness. He's training them in righteousness. He's training them in dependence. He's training them in humility. Yes. Right. That that's what discipline is all about. If we think about athletes and the discipline they they force upon themselves. Or here's another one for for our more academic people. <clears throat> Do you ever watch the scripts spelling bee? <laughs> yes. And the the discipline that those kids f- put upon themselves in order to learn those words and to learn their their etymology, their background, where these words came from, what language. I mean, that's a real example of strong discipline. So, so these are not punishments that they put on themselves. These are the training that they endure in order to reach the goal or the objective that they have. So, so that's what we mean by discipline. When I say that the first part is about the discipline of hard times, it's God training his people, training them for the land, training yes. them ultimately that they will learn to depend on the word of God above all else. Right. And then the second half, the discipline of good times. Now I'm training you how to keep on following me even when you're. Prospering,
2: very good, Jerry.
1: Yeah. So. And I and
0: I really like the way you said, you know, that (coughs) faith (coughs) precedes the obedience, right? When 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 because even you know later on, when Moses talks about the curses of disobedience, he says. All of these curses, all of these things are because you did not worship God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. So basically, you know, God favors, favors his grace, right? Chien, right? Mm-hmm. God favors us. And because of God's favor, we want to obey and that's what God is 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 trying to, it says here, to to prove thee to know what was in thy heart. Mm-hmm. He wants to know where our heart is, and he wants uh, our heart to be inclined towards him. And and five says, and thou, sh- thou shalt consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. He's not, he's not punishing us. He's trying to keep us from making an idol of ourselves and knowing where our blessings come from. Right?
1: Yeah, if we uh, just take that whole passage there slowly, you shall remember, verse 2, the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, as you say, that he might humble you. Testing you to know what was in your heart. Well, what is the root of humility but discovering that we are not God ourselves? We cannot provide for ourselves out in this wilderness. We (laughs) will starve to death on our own. So he humbled them, right? He made them dependent. He stripped them of their independence.
2: You know, proud and independence um, come to go together, don't you think, Jerry?
1: Mm -hmm. How, How so do you think? Well, I mean, w- when
2: you when you become, uh, you know, in the world's eyes, when you come, become um, uh, wealthy and you can come, become proud, and then you become independent, and you you look at through the world through your own eyes and not through the eyes that God would want you to have. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. As you were saying that, uh, the image that came to my mind. Do you remember that old Tom Hanks movie, Castaway? Yes. Do you remember the moment where he finally gets fire? I have made fire, (laughs) right? And then from that point, he, he, he progresses and he becomes more and more independent. And yet when he returns to life off of that island, he is broken by the relationships that he can't have. It's pretty interesting about pride and independence that while he was in his own little world, he finally achieved a place of proud independence, But once he was out in God's wider world, he was humbled again. Right. Right? But I just have that image of Tom Hanks being so proud of himself over fire. But yes, I brought you out here to humble you. And I think as followers of Yeshua, we we need to be open to that motion of God in our lives, don't you? Yes. God, why is this happening to me? Maybe what he's saying to us is, I've brought you here to humble you. I'm, I'm preparing to take you into the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 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 A- and that's such a good, good thought. Uh, I'm preparing you. I'm, I'm preparing you. I'm perfecting you. That discipline that we talked about, again, is, is, is to, to make you better at what you're doing, I- is, is to draw out the very best that's in you, Right? Right. And that's what God is is doing here, too. I just love that. Uh, Testing you to know what was in your heart. Well, uh, how do you think they did with that? (laughs) Uh, Later on, I think in chapter 10, he's going to remind them about their failures. Oh no, chapter 9. How they failed at Tebera, and how they failed at Massa, and how they failed at Kibroth Chata'ava. He found out what was in their hearts. When they refused, ultimately, to go into the Promised Land, they they believed the bad report rather than the good report of Joshua and Caleb. So he tested them, and as a generation of fighting men, they failed, right? And that generation, those were the people who were were, uh, condemned to wander until they died and not enter the Promised Land. Go ahead, Lee.
0: So so in this idea of our dependency on God, and 3, it says that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, which he provided the manna, but by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord does mm-hmm. man live. So that's the written word, but Yeshua, as believers in Yeshua, is the living word. And when in, in, in talking about, you know, the giver of life to us, it's through his death and resurrection that we have life. And so it is it, if you were to really look at this from the point of view that that man does not live by bread only. But man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Does man live?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is a living word, and that is how we live.
1: Right.
0: Through him. Right. And this goes back to the humble yourself to the cross and deny yourself.
1: You know, <clears throat> Yeshua uses this verse in his... Uh, temptation right uh in the wilderness and he he <clears throat> he uh, is is challenged to turn stone into bread because he hasn't eaten all this time and this is how he responds uh, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from god's mouth and that word proceeds happens to be the same word that we use when we pray over our our over our food hamotsi Uh, the one who who brings forth so while he uses that verse specifically to say now I wonder if he if that verse is what he has in mind remember in in the Sermon on the Mount he tells them don't be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body what you put on isn't life more than food? The body more than clothing? Then he says, "Consider the birds of the air. Consider the the lilies of the field. Uh, they they don't work at all. They don't toil at all, and yet your father feeds them. Your father clothes clothes the 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 the, the lilies of the field. Uh, but if God clothes clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven." Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." I think that that's underneath that the same idea, don't you? I do. Mm what what is what is my food what is the real sustenance that I need it is the living Word of God right it is that whatever word God has for me and you know we we need to be honest that sometimes uh, words are words of assurance words of hope words of confidence sometimes they're words of rebuke correction exhortation because we are still flawed as we walk through this life following Yeshua. We fall off the path. We need to be corrected. We need to be brought, brought, brought back sometimes. So depending on the situation, there's a variety of kinds of words that we might receive from God. But each one in its way brings life, right? And that's, that's the bread, the daily bread that we need. Give us this day our daily bread. Right?
2: And, he, and he warns us against <laughs> strifting, and we all do it occasionally. Mm-hmm. And can I read you something on... Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is uh, ch- uh, chapter 8, 16, and a lot of part of 16, it says, uh, He fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers had not known in order to humble you and test you, as we were just talking about now, so that at the end he might cause you to prosper. You may say to yourself, this is when they start to get independent and proud, mm-hmm. yeah, my power and my own ability has have gained this wealth for me but remember the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth in order to confirm his covenant that he swore with your fathers as it is today if you ever forget this is it right here if you ever forget the Lord your God and go out and chase other gods and worship them and bow down to them I testify against you today that you will perish this is like the nations the Lord is about to destroy before you you will perish uh... If you do not obey the Lord your God So that, that comes as one of his children As a warning to going into the promised land mm-hmm. Remember me, don't forget me So, um, you know, we all have a tendency to drift And he, uh, God's living hand will pull us back when we need it
1: Yeah, several times in chapter 8 We come across that remember and don't forget uh, <clears throat> Or remember, uh, lest you forget uh, that that idea and he is always telling them remember uh th- your fathers and the oath remember how i brought you through the wilderness remember uh me when you come into this good land and all of, all of the struggles that you have had uh will will be coming to an end and the land is going to produce and you're going to be sitting back and you know everything is <laughs> going to be peachy keen and <clears throat> be careful that you forget yeah be careful you shall remember the Lord your God it is he and I like that it is he who gives you power to get wealth and that's what uh, there are people who who are quite accomplished uh, very successful and think that they have accomplished that on their own and don't take into account all of the all of the accidents I call them accidents there things that they had no control over but the accidents of their lives that put them in position to gain that success <clears throat> that uh, gave them a certain temperament uh, gave them certain skills allowed them to be born at a certain time in a certain place that advantaged them uh, these are all gifts from God God has done this God has enabled that person to succeed And the danger of pride is to think I've done it myself. And the call of God is to say, don't you know that the goodness of God is to draw you to repentance?
2: It comes with a warning.
1: Mm -hmm. All the time. Excuse me. So... At the beginning of chapter 9 is this important idea <clears throat> that we already talked about how God didn't choose them because they were more numerous than others. But now in chapter 9, he introduces this idea, "Hero Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today to go on to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourselves, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of Anakim whom you know and of whom you heard it said, Who can stand before the sons of Anak?'" Know therefore today that he who goes before you as a consuming fire is Yahweh your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. Just a quick note there. It's interesting that on the one hand he says he will destroy them, but on the other hand he says you shall drive them out. And that kind of goes along with that interesting uh, verse in Philippians that says work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is the Lord uh, who works in you both to do uh, to do I can't remember exactly but to do his good will, basically so that there is <clears throat> the Lord working but we have our part in it uh, through faith he calls us into the project right So the same thing is at work here. The Lord your God will destroy them and subdue them, but you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord promised you. Now here's the part, verse 4. Don't say in your heart, after the Lord your God has thrust them out before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. No, it's (laughs) not because of that. But instead, it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess their land. But because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. And that he may confirm the word that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, one more verse, one more know therefore that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness for you are a stubborn people remember and do not forget how you provoke the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness so going all the way back to Genesis 15 remember that God cuts the covenant with Abraham only he puts Abraham to sleep and Abraham sees this vision and at the end of the vision, he tells Abraham uh, your people are going to go down to Egypt for 400 years. Why? He tells them because the iniquity of the Amorites, the inhabitants of Canaan, is not yet full. So what we have in the disciplining of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their offspring we have a couple of different things going on. God is 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 training His people. He's growing His people numerically, but He is also offering grace and favor for 400 years to wicked people to see if they will turn. Good point. And I think we, we said this before. In the end, uh, as as the people come out of Egypt, this is their their victory in Canaan is not going to be because they were so righteous. God points it out to them that they weren't look at all the different ways you provoked me along the way look at all the ways that you were stubborn look at all the ways that you rebelled so your righteousness is not anything to brag about but because these people have finally the the cup of God's wrath as it talks about it in some other places has finally overflowed right and Israel is now the instrument of God's judgment but here's the great thing we just said this before we started one person got the message of all the people in Canaan. And her name was Rahab. She heard of God's fame. She heard of God's glory. She heard all that God did through Israel on their way to the Promised Land. And she said, if you will just remember us when you come. She hid the spies. They said, we'll take care of you. And where did she wind up, Lee?
0: In the genealogy
1: of Yeshua. Amen so talk about some some amazing grace Mm -hmm. I mean here is such an unlikely person but she had faith she heard she heard the report I don't think she saw it with her own eyes but heard what the God of Israel was doing bringing those people out of Egypt bringing them across the wilderness sustaining that great crowd defeating those last couple of Kings Sion and Og remember in those those battles and now she says Remember me when you come into the land. Wow. Isn't that great?
0: And, and when he says that in uh, it's what you just read in 9.5, he says the whole <coughs> reason for this isn't because of the righteousness. It's that he, that's God, mm-hmm. may establish the word which Yahweh, the Lord, swore unto thy father. So this is about god keeping his promises and 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 it's amazing you know what you just talked about over time how god works out his promises his plan for redemption and you know we are so blessed to live in this time to see the story that's played out in the bible in the old testament and then through yeshua and then to see the history that's played out in the world in front of us you know from 12 disciples to you know every nation every tongue hearing of Yeshua coming to believe in the one God has planned for redemption the the Jewish people back in the promised land our God is amazing the way he keeps his promises and the way they play out in history and how lucky we are to be able to see that testimony and how how it strengthens our it should Amen. strengthen our faith
2: you know even the founding of our country uh, George Washington how how we or God def, you know defeated the uh, Great Britons and and we're, we were no longer a colony but now a country and look how much smaller we were than Great Britain and, and I know that reading in, in some of George Washington's writings that he refers to this often
1: hmm yes excuse me so just this idea that uh, Israel was chosen because of a promise to the fathers not because of their righteousness even here a little bit later in chapter 9 as Moses is relating the story about the golden calf uh, he he gets to verse 24 you have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you (laughs) and we have to say that God chose us when we were in that same state. Mm-hmm. God called us out when we were in that same state. That the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ came to us when we were still his enemies. Messiah died for us. That's what it says. How does God prove he loves you while you were still his enemies? He died for Messiah us. Messiah died. So, you know, we're, we're, we, we shouldn't take a, a moral position that we're better than the Israelite people were back in the day we were just as rebellious we were just as stubborn we were just as proud and independent Mm -hmm. but the grace of God came the grace of God came and by his grace we have been renewed we have been transformed we have been brought into the one new man Uh, if any man be in Messiah old things are passed away all things are become new he is a new creation. Well, actually it doesn't even say a new creation. He is new creation. And by that I take it to mean that God that, that we are not simply a new creature ourselves, but we are part of this whole new creation that God has initiated with Messiah that begins with the reclamation of individual human beings. But Romans, Paul writes, the whole creation is groaning right now for the revelation of the sons of God, that the new creation that's going to be recreated uh, when when God comes and he says the elements will pass away, that... Uh, the world was, was purged once by water. It's going to be purged the second time by fire. But that is the, the culminating piece of, of God's recreation of all things. And we, are, we, we have been called into that, not because of our righteousness.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and that's so important, Jerry, because we're blessed enough that we <laughs> have the example of Yeshua as how and the and holy spirit that he asks yeshua asked the father send the holy spirit to dwell in our hearts to to conform us progressively to his image because we all started out Mm stiff-necked stubborn Mm -hmm. people and it's only by yeshua's righteousness that you know we are saved and that through faith in him that the holy spirit comes and works and changes our heart you know circumcises our heart i think we might have missed that can
1: can we come to that passage and we'll, we'll jump on that for a little bit in chapter 10 beginning at verse 12 it says and now israel what does the lord your god require of you but to fear yahweh your god to walk in all his ways to love him to serve Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Oh, gee, is that all? (laughs) (laughs) Behold, to Yahweh your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet Yahweh set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn for the Lord your God is God of God's Lord of Lords the great the mighty the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribe he executes justice for the fatherless and the widow loves the sojourner giving him food and clothing love the sojourner therefore for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. By His name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Wow. 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 So,
0: I mean, to all our listeners who don't read the Old Testament, right there, that is just like, that is so powerful you know especially from the point of view of you know
1: Yeshua and that
0: is just I love that passage Mm
1: -hmm. so what he tells them though is something that's impossible for any person to do outside of the Holy Spirit in us yes What does the Lord require? Fear the Lord, walk in His ways, love Him, serve Him, with all your heart and with all your soul. These are antithetical to our flesh. And so we need a rebirth. And right here in the middle, uh, verse 16, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart. Is that possible for any of us to do to ourselves? Really? That is an operation of Holy Spirit entirely.
0: Not without a heart-lung machine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about this. I'm pretty sure that when they get over the Jordan, the first thing they're gonna to have to do is circumcise a whole generation of people that had not gotten circumcised, right? but they had not even fulfilled the sign of the covenant for themselves so they couldn't even circumcise the flesh that was handy to them how in the world are they going to circumcise their hearts Paul says this in Romans chapter 4 about Abraham is the blessing only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness and so that's what we're talking about Righteousness. Where does righteousness come from? It comes from uh, the faith that Abraham had. And when we have like faith, then we are counted into that righteousness. How was righteousness counted to him? Was it before or after he'd been circumcised? Not after, but before. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well that is to the Gentiles and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So <clears throat> the circumcision of the heart that God is talking about is the operation of faith that leads to righteousness so you know when we when we understand and are brought into faith then this this extraordinary description of God uh, becomes workable in our lives through the operation of the Holy Spirit doesn't it Mm -hmm. uh... we are given eyes to truly fear the Lord as he is this sense of awe and wonder uh, and also uh, a healthy respect and fear because he remains a consuming fire we are able now to walk in his ways we are able to love him and serve him Uh, we are just thunderstruck in this description in verse 17 he is God of God's Lord of Lords great mighty awesome not partial and takes no bribe and what's extraordinary about that is that here he is so great and mighty and high but he is impartial to all people he is not impressed by anybody's status and in fact takes special interest in the widow the sojourner and commands us therefore if we're following in his ways to love the sojourner why because we once were sojourners in the land of Egypt and so you know for us that means uh, we are to love sinners because we were sinners too right we are to look for justice for people who can't find justice in other places Um, just so so extraordinary and so you know i said at the beginning that chapter 11 kind of wraps up the shema that kind of bookends all of this and just finishing at verse 22 if you will be careful to do all this commandment that i command you to do loving the lord your god walking in all his ways and holding fast to him then the lord will drive out all these nations before you and I said that these are the, you know, if we were looking at our, 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 our walk with God today, these are three things that I think we could focus in on, that we are called to love the Lord. We are called to walk in his ways, and we are called to hold fast or cling to him uh, in another translation. So Jesus says very clearly, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The Shema begins with, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. So we're called upon to love God. And if God's, God's agape, to go back to Greek for a minute, agape love is that idea of uh, giving for the benefit of another, right? So if God did that for me, then I am called to do that first towards God. I give myself to God. This gets back to the denying yourself and taking up your cross and following him. I love God by doing, I I show that I love God by doing those things. He showed that he loved me by sacrificing himself. I show that I love him by sacrificing myself. You think? Yes. So I'm called to love God in a sacrificial way. In the same way that he loved me sacrificially, I'm called to love him in return.
0: And you know, <clears throat> when, he, uh, when he wrote with the... When God wrote with his finger on the tables of stone, the ten words we mm-hmm. talked about last week, these words shall be upon thy heart. When you have a circumcision of the heart and and you through the holy spirit you're convicted in obedience to those 10 words they're not tables of stone anymore they are in your heart amen and you know it's not just that our circumcision of the heart is that you know our stiff neck I don't even know if that's a word. Our stubbornness, sure. <laughs> <laughs> being so stiff-necked and stubborn, and thinking it's our righteousness and our, you know, hand that got us our wealth. You know, all these things we've been reading today. You know, when that's taken away from us, and when we're humbled, and our heart is circumcised and softened, we realize that our only ticket to that sort of relationship with God of the agape love is through Yeshua Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that is that's why you know at, at the time of his crucifixion the veil between but that separated the holy of holies was torn because the dwelling place of the Lord was now open to us to have an intimate relationship with the Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that that, that Yeshua mm-hmm. asked the Holy Spirit to come dwell in our heart. and And so when we invite, when we believe in him and invite the Holy Spirit into our heart, that is the circumcision of the heart. Amen.
1: Yeah, indeed it is. So we want to walk in His ways and hold fast to Him. This is the positive commandment to uh, don't go after other gods, right? Cling to your God. A great biblical picture of this word is uh, Ruth and Naomi. Remember, Naomi wanted to return and she told Ruth, you stay here with your people. And Ruth clung to her, held fast to her and said, wherever you go i will go Amen. your god will be my god your people will be my people that's that word right here you will hold fast to your god so may we just hold fast to him you know what a, what what a, what a great picture for us to to close with we you know want to, okay. go ahead, Bob.
2: no what uh, Lee was saying about the uh, uh, you know circumcise your heart uh, I have to say that the new covenant—all the other were just regular covenants. When a new covenant that Jesus made, He internalized everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's where it really comes from. That's that's the voice of the prophets so is now the conviction that He's given to us, and uh, it's it's powerful. I mean, what else? What else is more powerful than God entering the human heart? What else can transform the human heart like God?
1: Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, the human heart is right up there. I mean, that's isn't that the same passage uh, in Jeremiah? Can the Ethiopian changes skin and the leopard changes spots? The heart is deceitful above all things. I think those are yeah. the same passage, but n- the human heart is is only uh, changed by the operation of God Himself.
0: And and that's how we get. To the end where you started about the rest of the Shema, because it says, Take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived, and ye turn aside and serve other gods and Amen. worship them. Amen. Therefore, shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and ye shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be for frontlets between your eyes. What a beautiful Parsha. Amen. Wow.
1: Amen. So, we're recommending that you take God's words to heart. Recommending that you find a way to uh, have them a part of your life when you rise and when you lie down, when you uh, leave your house and when you come home. When you are uh, with your children, make sure that you're passing them along. We're so grateful that you were with us, and our goal is to join uh, Jewish and Gentile believers uh, together uh, under God's grace in the one new man, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. If you don't already know him, we'd like to invite you uh, if you feel like God is, is calling you I'm going to pray a prayer and uh, invite you to uh, pray that prayer with me if you feel God's conviction upon you that you've realized that you are uh, separated from God because of your sin your sin is rebellion against God's ways and against God's laws uh, but he is a gracious God and he offers you forgiveness He does not want to condemn you, but wants to save you. And so if you are in that place where you know who you are as a sinner and you want to be saved, I'm going to pray a prayer and ask you to pray it along with me. Father in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that there's nothing I can do to save myself. But I believe you sent your son, Jesus, into this world to pay for my sins I believe he took my place and died for me. And now I ask you to give me life in him, to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me, and to send your Holy Spirit into my heart. I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you please reach out to us on our Facebook page? We are One New Man Ministries International. Uh, not only that, but if you have questions about anything we've talked about, would you reach out to us again on that page? Uh, Facebook, One New Man Internet, One New Man Ministries International. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us today and we'll be back with you next week. God be with you.